It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you. Another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. And today, I want to know something. Are you ready for a win? Are you tired of seeing all the losses? It seems like we are taking the last year. We've been locked up. We've been pushed down. We've had mandates. We don't know whether we're coming or going. But the good news is this. God has a plan. God has not been caught off guard. He is not asleep. He is with us. And today my guest is Pastor Lee Floyd, and we are going to talk about the seasons that we are in right now and how we can have victory when we understand what's going on is all part of God's plan. Pastor Lee Floyd, how are you? I am blessed. I'm so just honored that you uh, that you invited me over. Thank you so much. Oh, well, hey, listen, you are my brother from another mother. And, uh, you know, I met you, I had to speak at a clergy appreciation dinner years ago, and I must have said something that kind of got your attention because you came up to me afterwards and said, wow, you said something. Do you, I don't even really remember. Do you? Well, it was two things. One, your passion that in and of itself, the other was your focal point was those that were lost. And that was our conversation with, with me and my wife on our way there. Listeners, wait till you find out in just a minute where one of his first preaching duties was here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Wait till you hear this. I remember you told me at this clergy appreciation dinner, and I said, you're preaching where? And uh, But before we go into that, tell the listeners a little bit about you. Who are you? Well, um, been married to a wonderful woman for over 46 years, which is tremendous because I can't stand myself wrong. I don't know how it's, it's Jesus. That's, I know that. And, uh, we've got five children, 17 grandchildren, and two great grandchildren. Well, you take care of yourself. You look like uh, oh, a youngster. You're very nice. My sweetheart takes care of me a lot. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, um, my grandchildren and great grandchildren are a blessing. Scripture says. And they honor God in in such an amazing way that the t- my testimony I could go I could go for a, a long long time, but my my focal point right now just everywhere I go is is this furthering the gospel? Paul says what I'm enduring is furthering the gospel. We quote that scripture: "All things work together for the good of those who love God and called according to His purpose." But I think if we if we bring it inside of his contents, it's talking about everything that transpires, God's hands in it, and his purpose. Did you know when you were a youngster that you wanted to preach the gospel one day? No, my grandmother and my grandfather did. And they were the one that influenced us the most. My grandfather was a renowned evangelist uh, in Los Angeles. And grandmother was just a renowned grandmother who loved us and encouraged us. If she sent us a note to when I joined the Navy for 22 years, I was in the Seabees. 
my first duty station in Morocco, Africa, and she's bringing me notes after notes after notes, postcards, and everyone on the back was scripture, reminding me, you're not out there doing your own just yet, grandson. You don't get it yet. And I didn't. But I knew that somebody wanted me to do something, but I didn't know who it was. Listeners, uh, Pastor Lee Floyd, now you are living here in Gulfport, right? Correct. And what's your church? It's Gulf Garden Baptist Church right there, right by Milner Stadium. Right over by Milner Stadium. Yes. All right. So you get bored, you can go over and throw a few passes in we, the end zone. We can and, try. <laughs> we can try. But when I met you a few years ago, you kind of stunned me when you told me where you opened your church. Tell the listeners. In our church in Seattle. We had a live nativity, real animals, troops, and this dear lady heard about it, and she was in the Beauvoir teaching dancing, and she invited us and said, hey, you did live nativity over here. Would you be interested if, if the commander of the Beauvoir asked, would you, would you be interested in doing it? Now, Beauvoir, you're talking about Jefferson, Jefferson Davison's, yes. his home. Okay. That's correct. And he invited us after we went through, I think we went through two years of actually doing live nativity with camels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And with that, he invited us to have probably a state of the art uh, auditorium right there. And he says, you know what? You can use it. I'm not going to charge you anything. I heard you lost the, the, the front store char, uh, church that you had. And if, if you'd like to, you're welcome. And, we did. So here you are, a black man with a black congregation praising Jesus on the property yes. of Jefferson Davis in his home. Yes. <laughs> that had to be a surreal moment the first time that you are on the grounds and you and your wife had to say, God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? That's with the scripture that says God laughs, he, then we verified that he does. He has to have a sense of humor. My, my, uh, uh, testimony there was that people came from all over the world to go see the Beauvoir, but our church was on at 11 o'clock on Sunday. And many of them, usually the wife said, Hey honey, they're having church. Let's go. So we had people sign in from Spain, from North Carolina, from all over the world would sit and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ inside the that where Jefferson Davis managed thing. The thing that was interesting to me, if you go back and look at the history of the Beauvoir, it was deeded under the condition that there would always be a chapel there. If a chapel was removed, the one was there originally, if it's removed, the inheritors can receive the Beauvoir back. So God was looking out for us way, way back during the battles that were going on. Plus they have what they call a, uh, a reveille, the, the units that do their practice in history, parts of history. And uh, they even get, allow me the honor not only to uh, do the benediction, but he, as it's, it's actually called the muster. And they allowed me to shoot the cannon. I always want to shoot the cannon. <laughs> I'd love to shoot a cannon. <laughs> this is amazing. So God is bringing you here from Seattle, Washington. Yes, correct. You end up preaching on the grounds of Beauvoir. How long did that last? It lasts two years. Wow. Two years. Then they had a new commander. And when the new commander came in, he decided that moving their battle confederate flag 
they they want I put it in in the room back in the back just not to offend people. It didn't offend me. It but didn't, I didn't offend want you. Anything to distract it from the gospel. I would I just move it aside, move it aside. Well, the new commander came in and put a battle flag across the entire wall. Okay, it must be time to go. So that was time to go. That was our signal that. Uh, your season, God, God, God operates yes, in seasons, yes, doesn't he? A lot of people out there listening are going through a season right now. Yes. When we talk about seasons in the Bible, what do you mean a season? Then, then God has purposes for his purpose. Now, we, we think it's ours. I got to do this. I got to do this. But the truth of the matter, we're doing what he wants done. And his will always produce glory and honor to him. And, and a season is just like anything else. If you if you're uh, if you've got farm work, okay. There's a season when you've got to do the harvest. There's a season you got to bust that that soil up, and you're also you're waiting for that season of the latter rain. You know, Pastor, I've seen uh, for myself with all that's going on in the world. There's some crazy seasons. I mean, going on right now. I mean, it's like we're upside down. We're we're heading one way down the road, and something comes up, and it takes us to a detour. A lot of confusion within yes. the body, the body of Christ, the, within the church. Do you see that? I see that. Being in the military for 22 years, one of the absolute required. Um, event that has to happen is that there has to be an enemy that infiltrates inside the camp and church. We've been, that's actually happened to us. They've come inside, taken positions of leadership. And instead of pointing for folks to the gospel, they're pointing to critical race theory, a lot of all of these things that are diametrically opposed to the truth of the gospel. And so when an enemy infiltrates, their their purpose is to bring confusion and no security. And that's where we are everywhere, whether it's a police department or whether it's the government, whether it's it doesn't matter what venue it is. Like you just said, it's, it looks like it's upside down. Listeners, my friend, Pastor Lee Floyd, uh, joined me today for a conversation you know, the title of the show is Get the Hell Out of Your Life. But, you know, sometimes, Pastor, I've noticed that some of the most hell people are carrying are people that are right inside the church. They sit in that front pew every week. They don't miss anything that's going on. They volunteer for everything, but yet they're dealing with a lot of hell in their life. I thought when we came to be a Christian— that everything was supposed to be all rosy. It's not. No, and part of that is we've sent the presentation out there that, hey, once you say these little magic little words, you know, invite Jesus in, into your life, and that's it. That's not. It's the beginning of a transformation. Okay, for me in the Navy, transformation started immediately. My hair's gone. That guy's name, sir, not buddy or sergeant, or master chief. The walls call the the bulkhead. The floors called the deck. My mom said, that's the floor. Everything had to be transformed and renewed. And that, the element of discipleship, that somehow we seem to, to kind of miss that. You're right. They're sitting up front. They're criticizing everything, but there's no joy. There's no joy. It just seems to me that 
a lot of people have not been prepared for the battle that's taking place right now. So it's like we're shell-shocked. It's like every time we turn around, there's another uh, bullet going past us or bombs going off in our life and so much confusion when we became a Christian Shouldn't we have been warned, hey, this is what's going to begin happening in your life, but don't worry, don't be anxious, you know, you're going to get through this. Yes, and that is the the battle that rages everywhere nonstop. One of the things that we missed, I think, is that the many of the pastors have no experience for the military. So those references that you're just you're just given an example of of spiritual warfare, they kind of had to kind of drum it up. And, and listen, I love pastors. I happen to be one myself. But he, if you look in Scripture, every time a man of God was called, someone else was called with him. And that other person helped in this process of teaching people who have no idea what spiritual warfare means. Without that, we kind of ad-lib it. And the ad-lib goes away from the gospel. It just, you become a storyteller. Listeners, I'm Ron Myers. The show is called Get the Hell Out of Your Life, where we talk about real issues, real struggles, and offer real hope. And uh, today, my guest is a great friend of mine, Pastor Lee Floyd. Is God a sovereign God? Absolutely. Okay. So if God is a sovereign God, a young kid out there decides that he wants to take and do some drinking, gets behind the wheel of a car, he's going to hit somebody in a car wreck and take a person's life. Why would God allow that? Why would God not stop that child from getting behind the wheel? I think a valid question would that would also be back to scripture. Ask Job. The sovereignty of God, Job understood without doubt. And that understanding came the moment when God began to speak and asked him question, they work. It works for the God's glory. It always does. It doesn't seem like it. My son's a Stone County deputy. They had an accident. Four kids, same family, inside a car on fire. He only got three of them out. He can still hear that one child's left holler and help me. Please save me. Save me. Save me. The best thing he, my son could do was pray and try his best to get him out of there. But the sovereignty of God. We're really never going to know the impact of how things work together till we leave this world. Correct. That's absolutely true. Yeah. In the story of Job, if I remember right, he stayed faithful to what God was doing. And even though all his friends, even his wife said, you know, curse God and die. And, you know, why would you trust him? And he lost everything, didn't he? He did. But at the end of that, he ended up with more than he had. More children, more possessions, more of God's grace. So are you saying the story isn't over yet, that when we go through something, that God is still writing the story for our lives? Correct. I think that's that's it in a in a nutshell. He's not finished. He, he says his mercy endure forever. His love is everlasting. I challenge a lot of people that I meet that do not believe in God to think about this. 
perhaps the reason you do not believe in God, because nobody has really presented you with the true character and nature of God. Because if you understood the true character and nature of God, you would run to him instead of running away from him. I think sometimes, Pastor Lee, Jesus has got a bad rap from the media, from the press, and he wants his reputation back. You know what? It's love. His reputation. God is love mathematically. Everywhere he went, he loved, he loved, he loved his enemies. And so he loved the hell out of people. We're back to your point again. Absolutely. He loved the hell out of people. You know, love is so powerful. And I know a lot of people right now, I'm one of them. When we got married on those wedding vows, we liked that Corinthians. I think it's 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind, never envious, never boastful, never proud. And, And, you know. Don't put me on the spot because I don't know the rest. I only knew a couple. First of all, we love because he first loved us, right? That's right. So when we receive his love, it begins working in us. I knew the day that God was working in me when all of a sudden all those people that I used to judge and the unlovable, I began loving them. I had compassion for them. I did not judge them. Only God could do that change in me, right? In any of us, Amen. the change of us from the inside has to be God. We, we we can try every book there is on how to do this and how to be better at this. We The change doesn't happen. God wants transformation. And God so loved that he gave. And that's probably part of our, our challenge now, too. It's not only just loving, but giving. You can say that you love, but doing it is a whole different. And that example shouts loudly. Let me introduce you to my friend who has loving kindness, a love that endures forever. Well, what's the opposite of love is hate. Who sows hate? That is our adversary, the devil. The hate is growing in anybody with eyeballs out there has to see that there's a division coming. So ask, where is the division coming from? No, it's not a political party. It's not from the Republicans. It's not from the Democrats. It's not from the independents. It comes from the depths of hell. Because if he can take us off of our destiny and our purpose in life by focusing on somebody calling us a bad name, then he wins. The enemy wins because if we're not focused on our purpose and our destiny, then we're not going to be able to accomplish what God has for us. That is well said. My my son, only, only son I had, not necessarily by our plan. He asked me in Africa at age 14, dad, Am I a black man? Silence. I like you're a failure, Lee. As a dad, you're a failure. What he was saying was, am I a black man or am I a man that was black that's black? My fortune, my opportunity was number one, he asked his dad about his purpose. Not the teacher, not the politician, not anyone else. I was fortunate to be there. And what I understood him to say. Does this define me? No, my son, you, you, you're my only begotten son, and God's only begotten son defines all of us. 
Wow. That's good. That's good. You know what? This the this division that is being just poured on the church, Christians have to wake up and recognize that, hey, listen, I need to love my brothers and sisters because the the hate is coming from the depths of hell. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. It is yeah. written, we have to forget those things which are behind and press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Leaving Seattle, everybody was worried that Pastor Lee and his family was going to come to Mississippi and the Ku Klux Klan was going to just burn us out and put the cross up there. Just the opposite. Just the opposite. There is a mindset within within our faith that says, you know, we're the same. But unfortunately, some of the established denominations are still feeding that history from behind. I'm not speaking so much to white as I am to black. Forgetting those things that are behind. You can't live in it. I have never, never met since I've been in Mississippi, a slave or a slave owner. Okay. So why do we keep going back to Mississippi burning? Because we want the, the enemy has infiltrated and he's dividing. It's what he does. That's what happens when he gets So what's the answer? (laughs) The answer is the same place it always is. It's our Lord. Jesus is our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer. And when we begin to realize how much he loves us, how could we hate anyone? That's why he says love your enemies. Okay, because you're going to be hanging out with me. In, In him is love. Every time I open the scripture, it's hard to open your Bible and not hear the or you feel the love of God. And you go out into the highways and byways. He says, go out there and compel them. Why? Because you're being loved. Love them. Pour some of that out. Are you optimistic about the future of Absolutely. the church? Uh, listen, we've read the end of the story. Yeah. When? Are there battles to be incurred? Yes. Are there some folks going to get hurt and wounded? Yes. I haven't talked to you in a few months and um, I'm, I realize how much I miss our fellowships and sitting down and having a cup of coffee. Uh, Pastor Lee Floyd, one more time, your church? Gulf Garden Baptist. How do people reach out to you? Right now at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, if you can go on Facebook, Gulf Garden Baptist Church, or you're more than welcome to come on around and, and be, be loved on. Amen. Be loved on. He's the real deal, listeners. Uh, I just am honored that he is sharing the mic with me here today because we're only here for one thing. It's not about us. It's about showing that bright light of Jesus to a dark world. And we know that light is going to penetrate some darkness somewhere. So in penetrating that darkness, before we go, will you pray for our listeners? Faithful God. Father, Spirit of the living God, we ask you, first of all, to continue the process of transforming the bride to where the bridegroom is ready to receive her Lord. I know that that uh, your ways are not ours, and we, we, we reconcile to that. But Father, we also know that there are people that are going to be listening this from, from Africa, from Saudi Arabia, from Bahrain, in places that that the persecution is real and they need that hope 
and we want you to know we're praying for you. You send us some information, we will dialogue it, put it into prayer clocks, and folks that are pray that's prayer warriors praying around the clock will lift your name up before our Redeemer nonstop, twenty four seven. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that Ron is so open to you, and he's an example to all of us. And you've given him a a platform, and and you've given him a heart that he says, "What can I do?" And for that, we bless you. Keep us faithful to you, Lord, and keep us surrounded by your loving kindness. We bless you. Amen. Jesus. Thanks Every for coming by. My honor. Thank Amen. you for inviting my friend. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. Did you know what Ron did before he discovered his destiny? He was a promoter of secular entertainment, and by his own admission, he promoted anything he could make a buck at. At the pinnacle of his success, he walked away from it all so he could follow Jesus and discover his God-given destiny. That was over 20 years ago, and he has never looked back. Today, he's an inspirational speaker on a mission to empower individuals just like you to discover their God-given destiny. Ron put his story in a novel entitled The Promoter, and he wants to give you a copy. My story is proof positive that God's plan for you and I is greater than all of our mistakes. Here's what a few readers have said. I could not put it down. I cried, giggled, gasped, and laughed out loud. Ron has written a novel and self-help book all in one. The best book I've read in a long time. This book is a message of hope. To request your free copy of Ron's novel, The Promoter, visit our website at thepromoter.org and go to the contact page. Now, back to Ron. Well, friends, you can pretty much bet on it that this week and almost every day, you're going to run into some uncertainty. There will be things that just absolutely do not make any sense. They will cause confusion in your life. They will want to take you down a path that you do not want to go. And that is when you need to trust on the only thing that is certain and that is that Jesus is with you. God is for you and never against you. And when you trust God with all your heart, mind, and soul, he will let you see and hear the things that he is doing in your life in a way that you will have confidence that even though the uncertainty is around you, you will have the confidence that God is at work because God has a purpose for you. God has a destiny for you, and he wants you to get to the land of your purpose and destiny by getting the hell out of your life. So when hell comes in your life this week, simply look at that hell and say, hell be gone in the name of Jesus. I am out to discover my destiny. Hey, check out the website, thepromoter.org, and I would love to send you a copy of my story, The Promoter. Hey, listen, I went through a lot of those crazy times that we talk about on this show, but with God's grace, God's help, God's mercy, God's redemption, it put me on a new path. So I put my story in print to help encourage others out there with their story that no matter what we go through in life and no matter how misfit we think we are for God, God takes the bad and he turns it to good. This is our time in life. So you hang in there 
And I will make this promise to you. I will be praying for you every day of the week. So in leaving you today, remember this. Jesus wants to love the hell out of your life. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope.